Hey y'all, Alex Barinka here, head of external affairs at Vera Shop and host of Finding Inspo, the first shoppable podcast where I sit down with some of the biggest names in style and design to chat about how they turned inspiration into successful businesses. And each week, my guests and I curate the Finding Inspo shop at verashop.com slash inspo with the products that emerge from their personal stories. Persistence and a stomach for risk. My guest this week leaned into those two qualities on her path to building a successful skincare spa and her own podcast with tens of thousands of social media followers. Casey Boone is the owner and head esthetician of Glow Skincare in Los Angeles, the creator of Glow Skincare Tools, and she's the co-host of the Beauty Biz BFFs podcast. In today's world, where many of us are going a mile a minute and always chasing that next shiny object, Casey's story is the perfect illustration of the edge you can create for yourself by digging in and trying to master one career while always looking to expand that path with related opportunities along the way. This is the best smelling place I think I've taped a podcast. It's the, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I've been to many, many locations. Tell us where we are right now. We are at Glow Skincare. This is my skincare studio and we are in Toluca Lake, so just outside of LA. A, a place that I've never been before, but also I'm a, I'm an LA newbie, so. Uh... Well, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love Toluca Lake, so I'm from here. I was actually born just down the street in North Hollywood. Um, and then when I was three, my parents moved to Thousand Oaks, which is about half an hour out, further outside of L.A. in Ventura County. Uh, grew up out there. And then when I was 19, I was like, get me out of suburbia and get me back to L.A. So I've been basically here in the valley ever since I live in Sherman Oaks. Just And what did you think you wanted to do getting out of suburbia? This, basically, I mean, I started as an esthetician. So I am an, a licensed esthetician in California, and I've been licensed since I was 19 years old. That's uh, quite a while to be doing one thing. And I bring that up not as a negative, but I bring that up because what I've seen, I'm, I'm a millennial, I'm of that generation, and now that I'm, I have younger millennials in the next generation working with me, a lot of people sometimes lack the patience that I hear from a lot of founders and co-founders um, that they needed to really dig into to get good at something. Yeah, You've been in this industry for a long time, and that's why I wanted, I was so excited to, to chat with you. When you, when you think about the time you've spent, how would you, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's getting a little restless, <laughs> uh, but, you know, should probably dig in? Right. Um, it's funny because I was actually listening to a pod, another podcast recently, and it said something like, you can't cut the line. And I truly believe in that. There is no, like, overnight success. It's just, like, little, like, steps, right? You're working your way up. Um, and for me, since I did start when I was so young at 19, I didn't know what the heck I'm doing. Who knows what they're doing at 19? The only thing that drew me to or to stay was because I love people. I love to help people. But it's so to give advice, I'd say be patient and enjoy the ride. Like I wish, like looking back at my younger self, that I had appreciated like the situations I was in a little bit more. I learned a lot. I made a lot of stupid mistakes. <laughs> um, but just enjoy the ride. Be patient. I, again, I've been doing this for 13 years, and I'm still not where I want to be. I'm just starting. So rewind us then to to a little more than a decade ago when you were getting into this industry. I guess where did you start? So I'm I was a dancer, 
and I was on the dance team. I loved to perform. We had to do all the stage makeup and I realized I was really good at it. I've always been drawn to beauty and makeup and all the girls would line up and I would do all like their fake eyelashes. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) And so I was like, huh, maybe I want to be a makeup artist. So I actually graduated high school six months early. I went to makeup courses and started trying to pursue a career in makeup in LA, which if you are from LA or know about LA, it is just crazy competitive. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and get my esthetician license just so it looks good on my resume, but I don't really want to do skin. And and for those who folks who don't know what an esthetician's license is, break down for us what this industry is all about. So basically esthetician, when I went to school, it was mainly focused on skincare, facials, Maybe a little bit of makeup, a little bit of waxing. Now it's exploded into like eyelash extensions and so many other things. But I'd say mainly it's focused on skincare. You have to get a state license to perform these services. So I get licensed at 19 years old and I never do makeup again. (laughs) What? Why? (laughs) If that was what you were fixated on. I just kind of fell in love with all the skincare and the whole process of it. I had only really gotten a couple facials in my life, but there was just something that I loved so much about it, like helping people, making them feel better. I'm working with my hands. I like to be active. I'm kind of like, uh, I'm a high energy person. Um, And it just kind of made sense to me. So worked in a couple different places. I worked in um, like a chain spa as a receptionist. I worked in a medical spa. Um, I was unfortunately, or actually fortunately, I was let go from there. And then that's when I opened Glow Skin Care. And to your point, those steps are so important. And the thing that I quit my first job last year, it was a job Congrats. that I thought, thanks, <laughs> thanks. I loved the place. It was a job that I felt like I would do forever. The, the you know, senior year quirky name jokes for me was, hi, my name is Alex. I'm a reporter. That's what my sorority voted me as my like my yearbook name. Like I was so fixated on journalism and now I've moved on to another industry and jumped into the startup space. Still scratching those itches with the uh, the podcast here. But I left something that had kind of been my identity forever. And talking to folks, it seems like the moment you are fired from your first job or quit your first job is such a a game-changing one. How did that feel at the time when you look back? At the time, it felt unjust because what this company did to me. But at the time, I was 23, and I called my parents, and I was like, I'm 23. What do I have to lose? Like, I'm going to start this business. If I fall on my butt and I lose every, I didn't have anything. I'm living <laughs> in an apartment. I drove. How much lower can I go? I couldn't go any lower unless I moved back home. And I was like, I'm not going to move back home. I'm going to figure this out. My parents loaned me like $1,000 and I had a little bit of money and I just figured it out. But it was such a, it was, it was a, it was an exciting time. And I almost think that you kind of have to um, maintain that I've got nothing to lose attitude, even as you get more established. So you started Glow. Where did it start? Were we here in this location? How how did you get off the ground? So I actually started down the street in Burbank. I was renting. I found I had contacted an old esthetician friend that I went to school with. She's like, hey, there's a room open that you could rent in someone else's salon and spa. So I was like, great. That's a perfect place for me to start. I can build my own little business. So built that for about a year and a half. I wound up hiring another esthetician friend of mine to work in that room because I was getting so busy. Made a decent amount of money, enough to open up a large space of my own because, again, 
I always like to move forward and I was like working in the room in someone else's business was not enough for me. So I found a space in Studio City, Studio City which is on the other side of uh, this neighborhood and I was there for five years. Um, unfortunately, uh, the building I was in, they basically kicked me out. They said, you have to get out in six months or we're going to double your rent because the rent out here in LA is insane. So then I found this space that we're in now, which is in Toluca Lake. Been here for three years and this was this is the best place I've been in yet. Every step that you're taking, you didn't have the baseline knowledge for it before. No. <laughs> like, how do you figure out what to do when you don't want to be in a room in someone else's face anymore? Like, what, where, where did you and how did you ask for help? Because I think those are the moments where, you know, you end up leaning on or finding the right people or tapping your network in ways that some people are, frankly, afraid to do. I just... I've really kind of based my whole career off like no fear. Of course, there's fear. Like when I first opened the big glow, it's like I wanted to cry and throw up and panic, (laughs) but it was so exciting at the same time. Um, And there was just something driving me to do that. Um, But honestly, what I did, I just went and looked at commercial real estate. I was like 24, didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I would just talk to people. I'd pick up the phone and call people to see like how I even can rent a space. And I was lucky enough that I found this guy who took a chance on me at 24 years old and let me rent a space. Um, But just trial and error. So you get into the space. What happens next? I get into the space. Um, I bring a couple estheticians with me who are willing to rent rooms from me because that was the only way I was going to keep everything afloat. And to be quite honest, it was a shit show. You know, I had renters coming in. I'm seeing clients. It's my first time like managing like a whole business. So if people don't know um, in like a salon or spa environment, you can like rent out rooms. It's basically like independent contractors instead of hiring an employee, which basically I was getting weekly income from that. So that kept me afloat. But again, lots of trial and error, lots of mistakes on my part, but lots of learning curves. And And also... Other people are depending on you, it seems like, for maybe the first time, right? When you're renting the room, it's just you. Correct. You're the only one who's carrying that risk. Exactly. How did that change how you operated? Um, Learning how to be a boss is one of the most important and challenging things, I think. It's so important and it's so difficult. And the only way you can learn is to throw yourself in there. I didn't have any experience like in business classes. The only thing that I did have is my parents and my father specifically still owns his own business so I saw how he treated people how he managed people and from my background of being let go and not being treated well I said I always want to do my best to treat people how I want to be treated now did I always do that probably not but every single time I made a mistake I really take note of that and then try and move forward I was in that space for five years. Again, lots of renters, lots of people going in and out. Learned a lot just about people in general. Um, I thought everything was going really well. At the end, I had 13 renters, and I think I had one or two employees. So I was managing a lot of people, a lot of personalities, and sharing the building with multiple other businesses. Right, and it's not only your renters, it's also their clients who, yes. don't, who don't understand the difference, Correct. right? They just think it's glow. Right. So dealing with all that and then getting the call that basically I couldn't be there anymore. <laughs> and then panicking, finding this space, moved in here, and then again revamped my entire business model <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> Pivoting is another uh-huh. moment where you have to know you have to do it, but also um, 
have a stomach for kind of the roller coaster ride. It is a roller coaster. And right now, I mean, talk to me about how you market your business and, and what touch points you have with customers outside. How have you grown? You have a, a substantial Instagram following. How have you grown your name and kind of your credibility in the industry now that everything's kind of more Globalized. Settled. Yeah, settled and, you know. Yeah, so you now can talk to the world on your phone. It's it's, it's different crazy. than it was 10 years it's ago. Cr- it is. I mean, there was no social media when I started out in this business. Um, so when I moved here, revamped my whole business plan, now I only have run- one renter and everyone else works for me because over the years, I wanted full control of what Glow is and the people coming in and out, em- employees and clients. I am super lucky enough to have clients that have literally followed me since I was 19 years old and then how I've marketed myself honestly about two years ago I looked at Instagram and I was like why am I not doing this I would use my personal Instagram my husband and I would go on all these trips we had just gotten married and we went on a honeymoon and people were always reaching out to me like I love watching your stories and I was like wait I think I'm interesting. I think I'm entertaining. Why couldn't I flip this to the business and then make some money instead of just my friends telling me that they think I'm entertaining? So flip the switch, focused all my energy on basically Instagram for the business, and it blew up. And and give some context here because you always hear, I want more followers. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's not – it takes time. It's yes. not a, a, an easy situation. No. So in the, so if you say over the past two years, you've really spent time focusing on it. Yeah. How much time do you think you allocate to making sure that everything's great online? A lot. I mean, I'm on there every single day, all day. And again, that's another learning curve. It's just like trial and error. And I started to notice what people were interested in, what they weren't interested in. Um, and mo- it's most of the time what I've noticed is just finding a personal connection. People feel now they feel connected to me and to the business and it's just become personal for them. Literally putting day in, day out, hours and hours and hours of creating content, shooting content, posting content, engaging with my followers, commenting, DMs, the whole thing, giving away information which in this industry, if people don't know, people do not like to share in the beauty industry. They kind of hold things very tight. And I decided, why? Let's change that. First off, I wanted to make everything look beautiful and fun. Like the beauty industry, you always think like clean, crisp, like white, very spa, maybe some green. And I was like, I'm done seeing that. I want something fun. Like I'm a fun person. I like loud colors. I like loud things. Well, in your face and your skin, that's like a day-to-day dynamic thing. It's not like you shouldn't just be taking care of yourself when you're at the spa or having a spa day. Like wellness is everything, right? Exactly. And if for you that's fun, that's bright, that's dynamic, then I feel like it makes sense that that's how you should be. Yes. Like beauty and skincare should be fun. So let's make it fun. Let's make it look fun. So that's kind of where it started with all the social media stuff. And then sometimes I'm like, I I don't know where these people are even finding me. But it's just one of those like trickling effects, just like, or like baby steps working your way up, just like everything else. And help quantify from a business perspective, you growing your followership, you growing your credibility online as a person behind the Glow brand. How did that actually drive business or interest in your physical location itself. So it started with people wanting to come in and see me for a facial, right? I did invite some influencers in who were very 
big in the skincare beauty industry, which brought in even more. Um, so people were seeing what I was using, what I was doing, and I was just connecting with them on a more personal level, level through my stories. Um, so I think it was like all of those things that kind of drew people in plus the aesthetic, like who doesn't want to come to a super Instagrammable spa? It's curious to me that you say the, the, the skincare industry, the esthetician community is not super excited about sharing. But when I've gotten facials, it's very educational. Like, I love hearing things. The folks I go back to are the ones who provide value to me when I'm outside of of their treatment room. Why do you think that there's that kind of disconnect? So I think there is a sharing with probably their clients to, to educate clients and to sell them products and to get them to come back for facials, which everyone needs a facial. We'll talk about why in a minute. Yes. But what, it, what I'm saying is that other professionals are holding things too tight and not sharing with other professionals in this industry. I mean, things are starting to change now. And Lorena and I, who I have a podcast with, we we started our own podcast sharing the ins and outs of running a beauty business because no one helped us. I mean, I, I again, I made so many mistakes. So I want to go out there and not only educate my clients, but also educate other estheticians. What was the thinking behind starting your own podcast? It was a bit about sharing. It seems like, and I've listened to a bunch of the episodes, they're very geared toward industry folks, but it's also really great for someone like me who's just a, uh, a consumer of all things beauty news. What was what was the thinking behind that? Because it seems like you all jumped on that train, what, late 2018? Yes. So, like, yeah. Thinking. Yes. yes. We just hit, our, um, in September, our one-year anniversary of the Love podcast. It. And it's called? Beauty Biz BFFs. And so you and Lorena, Lorena. who is also in the industry, yes. she's an esthetician as well. She is. You get into the nitty-gritty of certain situations. You break down how brands should talk to an influencer, who you are an influencer in your own right now. You break down, you know, intricacies about running your own business. It's, it's things that I think uh, are, are a lens in absolutely to uh, the community that estheticians play in, but also for anyone who's just interested in either skincare beauty or somebody who has built a business herself on from the ground up it's it's a great spot to to listen in obviously based on what we cover in this podcast I'm very interested in those topics (laughs) well thank you and that's exactly what we're going for uh so Lorena also has a large following on Instagram as well as myself and about a year ago we were literally getting bombarded with dms comments emails questions and we just felt like a one sentence answer was not enough we needed to reach more people to help more people we thought do we do like youtube like what what do we do and then we realized Lorena used to actually work here at glow she rented a room for years for me that's how we met and she'd come in and but she was also running her separate business at the same time she'd come in and we were just hashing things out and I looked at her and I was like we're really good at talking I was like I think people might listen to this and pe- and we would be able to give longer better explanations of why we do certain things it's an example of you being a multi-hyphenate right you're not only an esthetician you're not only actually administering facials running a business also managing your own content developing your own persona online but you're adding in a whole new medium and all of the kind of behind the scenes information that's necessary to make that happen yeah do you think a person has to be able to play in multiple lanes these days it depends what you're looking to do 
I don't think what I do is cut out for everyone. I tell people a lot of times it looks really fun and it looks really glamorous and it is really fun. I enjoy everything that I do, but this is not a nine to five. This is not a clock in and clock out. My brain does not turn off. I am constantly working. If you're just starting out, pick one thing. You know, I just started with the Instagram to just get clients in the door. And then it just, it led to opportunities for me that kind, I just saw things that I was drawn to and I was like, well, why not try it? And I try things and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. It also sounds like you've crystallized a good reason why. You started with Instagram with a purpose. You started the podcast with a purpose. I think that is something that, you know, when as a person who's always been in content, if you're lacking that purpose or lacking that kind of spearheaded point of what you're trying to get at, you're, you can be doing fruitless work. You have to have a why. If you do not have a why... It's, gonna, it's not going to work because if you don't have a purpose, if you don't have a passion, people are going to feel that. Skincare is having a moment right now, Oh, too. it's having such a moment. How have you seen this industry change <sighs> in the last 10 years? It is insane. I mean, I used to tell people that I was an esthetician and it's like, yeah, what, like whatever. Like, they don't, <laughs> or people don't even know what it is, right. you know? And now everyone's coming up to me saying they want to be an esthetician, they're going to esthetician school, or they're super into beauty. It's having such a moment I'm lucky enough that I'm in the place where I'm at and the pl- the time in my career that everything's blowing up and I'm kind of growing with it, which is great. But it is funny. People have glamorized my job when I kind of used to be like the help, quote unquote. I've always been proud of what I've done. I will continue to be proud, but I'm riding this wave along with everyone else. As you should, but you also had to have the preparation and the groundwork to get there. Correct. As what my parents always say, when preparation preparation meets opportunity and that's where I'm at right now 100% why do you think the world is having such a fixation on skincare right now versus you know five years prior I think it's social media and I'm gonna give a huge shout out to the Kardashians honestly it's so it's insane if you really look back at things they have changed this industry the beauty industry like getting your facials and the makeup and it's like always looking camera ready and we and we all need to be camera ready because of social media now everyone is overly obsessed with how they look I mean to the it's concerning at this point now in some ways but I understand it because I've always had such a love for makeup and beauty like literally since I was a child and I think people are just kind of waking up to the whole beauty world. If you're somebody who wants to start caring more about your skin and they don't really know what kind of the first easy, uh, maybe procedures is not, treatments is the right word, they should jump into, what would you suggest? I say go see an esthetician. Go do your research, find a good esthetician, and let them help you. That's literally what we're here to do. That's why we went to school, so we can not only just give you a facial, but guide you on the right products for your skin I get so many people in here on a daily basis saying I bought this because my friend bought it and I bought this because it looked cute at Sephora and I'm like throw it all away we're starting over because we have to do what's right for your skin not what you just saw at Sephora even though it's really cute and I want it too (laughs) which is also it's it is I I see the irony in it because that recommendation engine that is 
Instagram and social media is driving those things. Um, but, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to skincare. It's not. And it, it's also – it can be hard because obviously anyone can just Google anything they want and do their own research. But that doesn't mean that, first off, you know – what you're doing or the person that's writing it knows what they're doing or that's good for your skin. Let's take a quick break from my chat with Glow Skincare owner Casey Boone. I wanted to remind you that like every Finding Inspo episode, this one is also shoppable. Casey and I have curated items from our conversation and a few others that are inspiring us lately for the special Finding Inspo store on Vera Shop. Next to each product, we'll also tell you why we're loving it. We're about to get specific about skincare routines and how to stay looking fresh. That includes using her Glow Skincare tools, for which Veroshop is the exclusive online retail partner. You can shop all the products we talk about at veroshop.com inspo, where you'll always get free one-day shipping and free returns. And just for Finding Inspo listeners, new Veroshop customers can take 20% off their first purchase with the code INSPOKB. Now, let's get back to Casey's story. What lines do you typically use? So um, my favorite line I've been using for, I think, eight or nine years, it's called Cosmetics. Which we do sell on Veroshop. Yes. Shout out to Cosmetics. They are my absolute favorite skincare line. They are my ride or die. I use them in my treatment room. I do all my professional treatments with them, and I use them at home. The line is absolutely incredible, results-based, with very little irritation. Love it. And you also decided to get into your own product line. I did. Take us back to the beginning. Okay. So we go back to me growing my social media presence. I had started to grow it substantially. My goal, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, yeah, last year, was to get to 10,000 followers. So got there and then have surpassed that which is crazy to me numbers don't mean everything I don't really focus on the number more until you get to 10 you get a swipe up exactly that's all I wanted was (laughs) a swipe up after that I was like let's just ride this out like I don't care if I've got 30,000 or 300,000 we'll just see what happens I'm like my business is doing well so that's what I'm happy about and I'm helping people for a long time I've been wanting to create my own product or tool I never wanted to create actual skincare because I love cosmetics so much. They take such good care of me and I have a great relationship with them. Plus, like, why are we reinventing the will? There's about 5,000 skincare lines. I don't need to make a Casey or a Glow skincare at this point, okay? So I'm thinking, do I make a candle? Do I make a, like, there was just, I was just like, like looking for something that just like made sense to me. And that's where the Glow Skin Care Cold Roller came in. So I, I think I had actually bought one somewhere else like online. And I'm at, so with my dance background and just me being like high energy person, I have to work out on a mm-hmm. daily basis or I go crazy. So next door to Glow right here, there's a heated spin studio called The Sweatshop. And I would go take the heated spin. I'd go home. I looked like a tomato. And I would cold roll. (laughs) And I'd get out of the shower. And I'd be like, oh, my God, my skin looks amazing. And I looked at the cold roller. And I go, everyone needs one of these. It's so easy to use. There's no wrong time to use it. You can use it morning, night, before your product, after your product. And I was like, I can put my name on it. So that's a branding moment, Mm -hmm. too. I have to do this. So I literally bought 50 cold rollers, just blank ones, because I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) 
and I'm like, how do I get my name on? I'll like buy a sticker and put that on. I looked at that. I'm like, that looks horrible. So recontacted my uh, the company, the manufacturing company, and they said, you know, you have to buy this amount. Yeah, and those then we, minimum order quantities. Those minimum order. I was like, <laughs> okay, you know. And then that has just kind of been an evolution. I started talking about them, and they blew up. So let's get into the nitty-gritty. Why, what does it do for your skin, for your face, to cold roll? So it's a stainless steel cold roller. So basically what it's going to do is it's going to cool down your skin. You can leave it in the fridge or the freezer, depending on how cold you like it. I like the fridge normally. Sometimes the freezer can be shocking, but some people are really into that. (laughs) You roll it on your face. First off, it just feels good. And it's great facial massage, which I am all about. Um, It's going to help with redness inflammation, puffiness, because like, you know, I might have some popcorn, a glass of wine, and I wake up puffy because I'm not 21 anymore. And the cool thing about it is, yes, I created it for the face, but you can use it anywhere on the body. And it's just deep puff, great after a workout, after you get a laser treatment, a peel. If you just have irritation, if you've got a bug bite out in the sun and you got too much sun like I can just go on and on so it's so beneficial for so many different things and it feels great and again it comes back to it being a branding moment absolutely so I was like why not put glow skincare on these and pass them out to everybody so glow skincare is everywhere and also again facial massages are kind of having a moment oh they're totally having a moment (laughs) so it's like it, it, it just I didn't even realize but I must have subconsciously because they're having such a moment everyone wants a facial roller so why would you go with a cold roller versus like a jade roller so I like the stainless steel cold roller because number one it's stainless steel and it's non-porous so it's not holding any bacteria it's a larger surface area and it stays colder longer than like a rose quartz or a jade which can it's a it's a stone so it's going to absorb that heat a lot faster and it does have potential of possibly holding a little bacteria depending what it's made of so when did you launch these i launched launched the glow skincare cold rollers last july i launched the minis this past june so the mini cold roller it's literally just a mini version i'd had people asking me literally since i launch the large ones to do a mini and I was hesitant at first because I'm like well why is someone gonna buy a mini when they already have a big one but it's perfect for under the eye it's great for travel and who doesn't love anything mini like, uh, they're so cute they're so and cute also, I'm <laughs> sitting here looking at a, a picture of one on the wall in your treatment room <laughs> they're so, so cute but also I love that you built these out of customer feedback too was that coming through on social was that from clients I guess where did you hear the loudest voices asking all the above a lot on social um and actually Lorena my podcast co-host she's always complaining about like a puffy eyelid and I was like okay girl I'll make this for you that's my thing oh you get the puffy upper puffy upper yeah I usually don't have issues down below, okay. but I get the puffy upper, especially if I've had a little too much to drink on the Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have chronic, like, darkness in eye bags, so I have it too. So I was like, I just, I just, I listened, and she's like, you know if you do these, people are going to love them, and they did. Do you suggest, I know you said you could do it before or after skincare. How yeah. do you use it? So I like to use it in the morning, first off. I literally make myself a cup of coffee. I grab both of my cold rollers, the big and the small, and I sit on the couch. And I roll while I'm drinking my coffee and reading my book in the morning. Um, so I like to do it just like clean face, whatever serums and moisturizer I have the night before. 
then I'll go work out. Sometimes I'll do a second cold roll after I worked out, after the shower, because again, it gives you that amazing glow from the hot to the cold. That's mainly when I use it. And then sometimes I'll use it at night just because it's like relaxing. Again, I'll sit on the couch, I'll roll my husband. He rolls like his like parts of his body because like he works out a lot. So yeah, I typically like a clean face, but you could also apply your moisturizer serum and then kind of seal it in that way as well. And it does sound like these are uh, nice unwinding moments for you. I know you said you're go, go, go all the time. Yes. when do you turn it off? Do you turn it off? How do you turn it off? I have a really hard time if I'm being completely honest. I really struggle with that. I mean, to the point of like, I'm like, I can't sleep because it's just when I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll. Um, so I really try and take those moments, like put away the phone, grab my cold roller or just sit on the couch with my husband. We like to travel a lot. So that's an opportunity opportunity for me to really be able to shut off if I'm here in LA I feel like the spa and just work is like grabbing me pulling me so to get out of my space is really one of the only ways I can shut off because you're in the unique position where the spa is the place a lot of people go to relax correct but it is uh it is your day job it's my day job I mean it's so funny because people are like oh you work in a spa like how relaxing and I'm like it is nothing relaxing for me I do I do have some very zen moments when I'm giving clients facials and it's quiet and I'm able that's when I do a lot of my thinking and I have a lot of ideas come to me when I'm performing facials but yeah again this is not a place for me to relax it's for my clients to relax so I have to find other ways to shut my brain off basically do you do you spa do you have a favorite spa treatment personally I love Is everything it okay I'm like You're the opposite. I'm yeah. like a I'm like a junkie <laughs> I'm like a just a beauty spa junkie I'm like if anyone will rub me or touch me or do anything to me I am like all about it I actually I don't have like one place that I love I love to go and try everything I love to experience other estheticians because I feel like that's another way for me to learn so you're still working it's still I'm st- on. I know I'm, st- I'm always on whether I want to be or not so yeah I'm a junkie I'm so thrilled to have such a dynamic female business owner and fellow podcaster on for our 10th episode of Finding Inspo. If you're enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would give us a rating of five stars. It helps other people find our new show. And if you really want to do me a solid, share the podcast offline or on social. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alex Barinka and follow the show at Inspo Podcast. If you want to hear more about the beauty business and what it's like to be an esthetician in today's world, check out Casey's podcast, Beauty Biz BFFs. I loved the October 1st episode from Palm Springs about personal branding. It's definitely worth a listen. Don't forget to head on over to see both Casey and my favorite products, including Casey's Glow Skincare Facial Rollers at verashop.com slash inspo. New Verashop customers can take 20% off their first purchase with the code INSPOKB. This podcast was produced by me, Alex Barinka, with production and editing support from Wonder Media Network. Thanks so much for listening, and see you soon.